You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey there, Habs fans. Welcome to episode 210 of the Press Zone Montreal. Boy, do we have a good show for you today. We are going to talk about Jesperi Kakinyemi right after we hear from our sponsor. Football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to the Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. This podcast, of course, is a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, like like they said earlier in that uh, DraftKings spot, make sure you uh, use promo code THPN uh, when you sign up and... Uh, we appreciate the folks at the Hockey Podcast Network and being part of that group. Uh, we're glad you're here with us today. We've got, oh, we have got a, an episode for you today. Lots to talk about. Uh, I am your host, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined every week by my tremendous co-host. He is our founder and president and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports, and he is Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Things are happening. <laughs> Bob Cole, everything's uh, happening. Yeah. If 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 I could insert like the audio version of the dog sitting in the fiery room drinking coffee going, this is fine. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, there's really nothing happening right now no. at the moment, uh, but yeah, everybody is on pins and needles waiting. All H-E double hockey sticks is about the breakout, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today in our Canadians segment uh, to, to kick things off. Um, not the least of which, of course, is Jesperi Kakinyemi getting offer sheeted. Uh, we're going to talk about what that means, uh, both sides of it, how they got to this point, Um the fallout from it, from all angles. I think we have some opinions thrown in there. Um, and now the rumors that are coming out uh, as a result of it, as as far as what Bergevin might do, uh, 
and there's been some <laughs> there's been some interesting media quotes <laughs> that have even just come out today. So we're going to cover all of that for you in the first segment, and then in the second segment, uh, just give you a bit of news, um, AHL related and and beyond, and uh, then send you on your merry way to sit on the edge of your seat and wait to see what happens in Montreal this week. Mm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who said the last day of August is boring in the hockey world? Not well, us. We're, we're getting very close <laughs> to the opening of training camp, so things are happening. They certainly are. So first, um, before we get to that, let's start with uh, there. We mentioned last week on the show. It's funny. A week ago, we said, "Okay, great." There's. Um, there's there's two contracts left to be signed. Paling. Kakinyemi, uh, one of them got taken care of. That would be Ryan Paling. Um, and Rick, you know, it's we've said that uh, this is the year that it looks like, you know, after the after the season that he came off of uh, in Laval last year, getting a two year uh, contract extension done is a big deal for Ryan Paling. He could really compete for a roster spot at camp this year. Uh, this was, of course before we knew that it potentially one of the top two centers might be leaving the organization. Um, but uh, good news for him uh, in in that it's a two-year extension. Good news for him in that the first year is a two-way contract. The second year is a one-way contract. That indicates that the Canadians um, believe that he's making positive progression in his development and that by that second year, uh, they're they're. Th- they're obviously thinking that he's more likely than not to be playing in the NHL. So uh, really, really happy to see this happen for Ryan Paling. And I'm really hoping that he's going to make the most of, of training camp and the season ahead of him. And that was all, that was, that was the feeling uh, prior to the news about Aspire Kotkaniemi and, and with Ryan Paling being given an opportunity to, to earn a spot um, the center position very important for the Montreal Canadiens, and and um, and a position where change is happening. Phil Deneau, um, who was was working his way towards the third uh, line center on the Canadiens, uh, left for the Los Angeles Kings in free agency. Um, that leaves Nick Suzuki, Jesper Kotkaniemi, Jake Evans, and then Mark Bergevin went out and uh, and added Cedric. Paquette, uh, who's kind of penciled in maybe for that uh, fourth line uh, center position. Folks are talking about Matthew Perot, but um, you know he's been, he was moved away from the center position. Mm-hmm. Uh, a back problem causes uh, difficulties when he takes faceoffs. Uh, so there was real opportunity for Ryan Paling to come in and uh, earn a spot, even on a you know a. Uh, not every night basis, but uh, mm-hmm. he could be in the lineup uh, uh, at at center, perhaps on the fourth line, um, and certainly available if if injuries presented themselves. So uh, a pivotal pivotal year for uh, and, and training camp for Ryan Paling, and mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, we I think we expect him to see stay with the Canadians uh, after such a great season uh, in Laval last year. I, I believe so as well, as you said, you know, and and Philip Deneau, uh, that was going to be we know we know that uh, his contract was a sticking point throughout the year. We know that uh, negotiations didn't go so well uh, earlier in the year last year. He wanted more money, um, and at the end of the day, for this for this year, uh, the Canadians weren't willing to pay him what he wanted. He went so went to L.A., got the salary that he wanted, and now ironically. Um, Mark Bergevin is facing potentially having to pay Jesperi Kakinemi more than they would have paid Philip Deneau because the news then broke on Saturday uh, that Tom Dundon and Waddell and the Carolina Hurricanes had gone ahead and entered, uh, tendered an offer sheet on Jesperi Kakinemi, the last RFA uh, still waiting to sign a contract with the Canadians. And Rick, I mean, this was like the earth split open. Um, this is this is huge on so many levels, I don't even know where to start. I mean, there's the, 
we're, we're going to talk about the absolute fantastically epically pettiness of of the hurricane social media account, how they went about this, Waddell's quotes afterwards, um, the, the 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 number attached to the salary they've offered him and the signing bonus. Um, there's the fact that none of this could have even happened had KK not signed the offer sheet, which means he has agreed to this. Um, and then there's the what does Mark Bergevin do now? So I guess let's first start with the facts. Um, what is what is how much is the offer sheet for? And what are the next steps that need to happen? So this uh, a door was open because um, the Canadians, uh, Mark Bergevin, and uh, the agent for Yesberry Kotkaniemi were were nowhere near um, close to signing an extension. Um, it had been going on for some time, and the Canadians were, I, I, you'd have to say they were lowballing uh, Kotkaniemi, um, and uh, and and it just wasn't close to being done. Even though we're you know just three weeks away from a, a season. Um, the depending on who you believe, uh, the offer from the Canadians uh, was for a two-year deal at two point two million dollars a year, uh, up to uh, two point five million dollars a year. Um, but th- that that wasn't uh, necessarily in keeping with uh, you know the the uh, the Canadians said, well, uh, he hasn't uh, really proved anything. This is what we're prepared to give him. Uh, but we want him to play, uh, 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 be given a, a second uh, line role, and uh, take on that huge responsibility. And and uh, the Kakinemi uh, team thought that uh, there should be more money attached to that for that level of responsibility. So it it was going nowhere. Um, that provided an opening for the Carolina Hurricanes to say. Um, oh, it looks like you're having some trouble here. And and remember um, that Kakinyemi is a restricted free agent, but he's a free agent. Um, uh, f- restricted free agents are allowed to speak to other teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Carolina um, uh, Hurricanes inquired. Um, and uh, uh, then their first step was to... Uh, touch base with Don Waddell, uh, touch base with Mark Bergevin and said, uh, we'd like to trade for him. Uh, looks like you're having some trouble here. Um, how about, how about we trade? Here's, here's an offer. And, and apparently that wasn't, uh, they weren't even close on, on the trade offer. So, um, the Carolina hurricanes thought, well, we have another option here. Uh, and we can, we can, uh, Write right up a and and tender a uh, offer sheet, a hostile offer sheet, uh, for six point one million dollars, plus an extra uh, twenty dollars signing bonus, <laughs> um, and um, and 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 approach it that way. They approach the uh, uh, Kakinyami's agent, and and uh, well, when you've been when you've been offered two point two or two point five million dollars, and someone comes to you and asks you to sign a one year contract for six point one, I don't no brainer. Yeah, I don't think there was uh, uh, too many people that would walk away from that. So uh, with Kotkaniemi knowing that either the Canadians would match it and and he would stay a Canadian for six point one for the next year, or uh, he would have a new opportunity in uh, Carolina at that same uh, value, 6.1. And and make no mistake, uh, this is how offer sheets are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes want the player. They, they see um, a good value here. They see potential here. Uh, they see someone who can um, probably play a third-line role this year and work into... Uh, as he develops work uh, into a second line center for them, uh, they want uh, they want him, um, and uh, they think he can be a, a solution to their future. They feel that that um, that perhaps he hasn't shown what uh, he's capable of in Montreal, 
And it said, and that was from Elliot Friedman, that uh, they've gone to the extent of talking a long-term deal with Kotkaniemi and, and his agent uh, and and laid out what that would look like. Probably not, probably less than mm-hmm. $6.1 million, but uh, they talked about what would happen afterwards if... if uh, the Canadians walk away from this. So all of this is a well-structured offer. It makes sense for uh, Carolina. It's a good deal for them, um, even though they're they're going to overpay in in this uh, first year. The compensation they give up not much. Uh, a first and a third round pick uh, for a th- uh, a number three pick overall. Um, you know they're well. Who knows where they're going to end up, but. Uh, probably a playoff team, so maybe um, you know a, 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 their first round pick is a twentieth overall. Um, it, it looks pretty good for them, and and like I say, this is this is how offer sheets are supposed to work. They structured an excellent offer uh, because the other side of it is um, it's not a straightforward response from Montreal. They've put Montreal uh, in a difficult position, and that's how they're supposed to work. So, yes, uh, all, all of those things agree with you there. You know, this is this is all how this is supposed to work. Um, and yes, Kakinemi's got value. Is he worth six million dollars right now? No, uh, but he has the potential to play that way. And if Montreal had handled his development over the past three years properly, uh, then he would be possibly very very probably be playing at a level that was worth more of of this kind of a range of salary but you you've had a third overall pick uh for three hockey seasons for three nhl seasons and you have consistently put him in uh positions where he wasn't guaranteed to succeed and and more likely than not would fail um Beginning with, I know, Rick, you and I talked about this on Saturday on the Canadians Connection podcast, how we were adamant uh, on on this show and, and you were on Canadians Connection three years ago when they opted to not send him back to Finland his rookie year. Uh, we thought that was a mistake then. Um, and this past season, I think it's pretty clear that Kakinemi felt pretty disrespected during the playoffs. Uh, he was, um, you know, he didn't start the playoffs on the ice and he didn't finish the playoffs on the ice. Um, and you could tell that was a bone of contention with him. Um, you could see throughout the season he was the one uh, centerman who had the most inconsistent line mates throughout the season, so never could develop chemistry with anyone, uh, which did not help him during his slumps or during his his struggles uh, and his ups and downs. Uh, so there were lots of things that were leading up to this. Um, so it's a it's a it's a it's a probably a right uh, fit for for the player. He's obviously wanting to be valued and respected, uh, as you say, it fits well for Carolina. And there's also the karma factor. If we look, if we think back to two years ago, Mark Bergevin, summer of 2019, offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo and absolutely turned uh, the hockey management world on its head with such an outrageous, I mean, it just was. It was. It, it took all of a second for Tom Dundon and the Hurricanes to say, "Well, of course we're going to match that." Um, Sebastian Ajo said, I-, "I never wanted to leave Carolina. It was. It was more of a, you know, it was. It was more of a, a negotiating tactic than anything." Um, but Tom Dundon never appreciated that. There were plenty of GMs around the league that were. Uh, not really that impressed with the way Mark Bergevin handled himself in in that offer sheet. Uh, and this presented Tom Dundon an opportunity to get a little bit of payback and put Mark Bergevin in a much more difficult position uh, now that he has to decide what he's going to do, whether he's going to match this or not. Um, we should also mention, you know, you said it was a $6.1 million uh, contract. The point one is an extra, what is it, $15? <laughs> um, well, $6.1 million plus, plus $15. dollars yeah. uh, which is Kotkaniemi's number. And the $20 signing bonus, people are like, well, what's that? Well, that's Sebastian Ajo's jersey number. So 
getting the trolling in there. And, and we have to say as well, uh, Waddell's comments after the offer sheet news came out were just, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to sound mean, but I was on the floor laughing. Uh, they, they took, they took the intentionality of everything they did with this offer sheet to a level I have not seen in a long time. Um, it was, <laughs> it was something to watch, Rick. It really was. Uh, the Uno card that they used, the the, um, the switching their their uh, Twitter profile to to French, um, you know, all of that, um, all, all of that, um, uh, and and topped off by uh, Waddell going to the rodeo. Um, but uh, it was clear that um, that that they wanted to play this and and publicly. Um, uh, mock and shame Mark Bergevin uh, because, uh, first of all, Mark Bergevin's offer was weak. It was tepid. It was it was lame. It was um, it was dumb. It, it was poorly poorly designed, and it looked like it was something that uh, someone in a communications department put together rather than a hockey person. It was that dumb. It was it. it it um, was uh, at a time where the Canadians had missed the playoffs uh, for a second time. They had a good season, but they 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 needed to to uh, they needed something to turn the page. They needed something. Um, their their GM had 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 looked weak. His, the GM his plan was failing. Uh, reaching out and and um, you know trading for Jonathan Drouin and and putting him at center and that was a massive failure um, and they needed something so it, it was a PR move uh, that that was probably never believed it was going to work but just so that the Canadians can say look at your GM look at how he's working for you he he would try to uh, acquire a center. Um, and that was after the first season of Kotkaniemi when, you know, um, uh, he he had a difficult second half to the season. So Mark Bergevin had al- always said, uh, you can't trade for a center. Um, you can only uh, draft and develop one. And then that wasn't looking um, so good either. Uh, so this was... Uh, he. He, they tried to f- to frame him that he was going to go out and and uh, uh, steal one from another team and and uh, like I said a, a Canadian's PR exercise that failed miserably and all it did was uh, upset the the hockey community upset GMs and most certainly uh, upset the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes because remember what it was all about it was. Um, it was the Canadians believing the 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 Montreal media, who constantly criticized the Carolina Hurricanes, constantly criticized uh, Tom Dundon as being a fake millionaire, and it turned and he was a billionaire, uh, and so challenge him, make him make him pay. Uh, he won't be able to afford it. Um, it it was a public insult uh, to to the Carolina Hurricanes and their owner. Uh, and of course, being a billionaire, he matched it immediately, absolutely immediately. The, I'm sure he wasn't happy about the $21 million in the first year, but it turned out that overall, the, the contract uh, for AHA was was very team-friendly. Um, and and it moved that whole process along. The Canadians did, did uh, Carolina a favor. Um, so, you know... And on the the Kakinyemi side, yes, uh, the the development has been absolutely dismal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's uh, he's he's has he's had more commonality with defensive pairs last year than any line mates. Um, it was, you know, that's that's not a coach, that's not a GM uh, trying to put their their uh, center of the future along with Suzuki into. Uh, a, a winning a winning position. Uh, they they just and and there was no reason for him not to start the playoffs. He had no. he was one of two players I believe who had started every game every game in the regular season. Um, it was it was insulting. Uh, as was uh, when the Stanley Cup was on the line, him being in the press box. So 
um, it, it's it, the the Canadians uh, get into these kinds of things. Mark Bergevin, uh, his ego gets bruised. His he gets involved personally. Um, you know they've they've done all that they can to uh, with the the Montreal media trying to prop up. Uh, Dano, they were the ones tearing down Kotkaniemi because he was the challenger to to Dano, and um, uh, unfortunately, that's left a, a bad taste in the mouths of uh, the fan base, and uh, and for the most part, the public reaction is well, let him go. Well, and that's just it. So now, now the next step is the offer sheet has been tendered. Mark Bergevin has a week to respond and decide what he's going to do. So Mark Bergevin has uh, a number of factors to consider here. If he chooses to not match it and let uh, Kakenyemi go uh, in exchange for a first and third round pick in the 2022 draft, which he could then either just sit on those picks or he could try to flip those picks in a trade right now and attempt to get something uh, in 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 to the roster for this season to replace Kakinami. That is way easier said than done. Um, or if he matches it, then he's got to pay. He he's he's got to be able to pay that salary for Kakinami, um, and then look at renegotiation again uh, next year after going through this. So, Rick, we're going to talk about both sides of this and, and what the options are and the likelihood and whatnot. Um, first, I just have to say, you know, there, as you say, there's so many people uh, in the fan base that seems to be saying, not for that kind of money, let him walk. Uh, I'm not particularly mad at Kakinemi for signing the offer sheet. No, of course not. Uh, I say good for him. Uh, no one is going to look out for him except for him and his agent, obviously. Uh, you know, and the Canadians have not done right by him in recent months. So why would he think that they're going to do right by him now? So I'm not mad at Kakinemi uh, for, for signing it. It doesn't mean that he's disloyal to the Canadians. He's just saying, look, uh, could someone throw a little respect my way, and I want to be with a team that wants me. Um, am I mad at Carolina for offer sheeting? Absolutely not. I think it's I think it's a brilliant move. Uh, and and as we've said, it, it puts Bergevin in a, in a difficult place. Um, my concern, if Bergevin can't put his ego aside and matches the offer and keeps Kakiyami in Montreal... Uh, you know, I certainly I, I would hate to see Kakinemi leave the organization, but at this point, I almost feel that it might be a better scenario for him um, because if Mark Bergevin feels that Kakinemi and the Carolina Hurricanes have pu- publicly humiliated him and, as you said, bruised his ego, um, first of all, life in Montreal within the organization is not going to be friendly for Kakinemi not amongst his teammates, but but again, but with management, is not going to be friendly for the next season. In addition to that, there is going to be a, a an enormous amount of pressure for Jesperi Kakinemi to play a 100% perfect season. He will have zero room for error. The media and the fan base will be all over him like a rabid dog if he even blinks the wrong way. Um and and for a young man who has not had a ton of confidence at every point of his three NHL seasons so far, I don't know that that's great for him. Um, so, Rick, what are what are really the other options? You know that Mark Bergevin has if he if he can set the the ego aside and 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 chooses not to match Carolina's offer. Who is Jesperi Kotkaniemi? Is he capable of being a, a top six center in the NHL? Um, he is. Um, is he a third overall pick? I think uh, both you and I both, uh, um, uh, you know, weren't, weren't necessarily pleased. We were there when <laughs> Kotkaniemi was was chosen. Selected, yeah. um, we weren't necessarily uh, pleased with the pick. Um uh, you know, and and folks are are making the comparison with Brady Kachuk. There, I I can't 
even remember one person uh, advocating that uh, the Canadians pick Brady, Brady Kachuk. Kachuk. No, uh, there was folks uh, certainly on the uh, Philip Zadina train, mm-hmm. uh, and Zadina would have been a, a great pick, a different position, um, and uh, kind of a slower path. Um, uh, Quinn Hughes uh, was being talked about, mm-hmm. um, and uh, or if they were lucky enough that uh, Svechnikov fell to to them. Um, but the, the, that draft, um, wasn't the greatest of drafts, uh, wasn't a strong draft, uh, but particularly with respect to centers, um, there was, there was few, uh, to be taken and, and Kotkaniemi maybe, uh, ranked for the people that I respect eighth to 12th overall. Um, he was the, the best center in the draft and the, and the Canadians wanted a center. They drafted by position. They took him. Um, then we saw, you know, the next one, if, if the Canadians hadn't have picked him at third, certainly Arizona would have picked him at, at, uh, fifth because mm-hmm. they too were looking for a center. They took Par- Barrett Hayden, which was, was, um, you know, quite a reach, mm-hmm. um, at, at that level. Um, but, and, and listen, Kakinemi is, uh, he's got size, uh, he's really smart. He's very competitive. He's got good vision. Um, he he's he's got a sh- good shot when he when he uses it. He's bulked uh, up. He's put put size on his frame. He has. Um, you know, at the time uh, he was w- giving uh, some of the best interviews in the combine because he's he's smart and and uh, has that competitive attitude. Um, and, and so it, it's understandable why if the Canadians were drafting by position, it's understandable why they went in that direction. Um, but then they, they didn't do the right things to support him. Like I said, uh, they rushed him into the league. He should have, he should have went back to Finland. Uh, when, when, you know, he was on the team, they didn't provide him the support, the line mates, um, any of that uh, to to help him, um, so now they're they're left in a really bad position. And if he comes back, you know, players are gonna players will welcome him back. Absolutely, but, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be hell for him because Mark Bergevin takes these things so personally, and he he goes out of his way. We saw both Bergevin and Julian uh, the way they trash uh, players uh publicly mm-hmm. um and, and then are left <laughs> with nothing to trade at the end of it and and if if uh cocky and Emmy comes back uh, i don't think there's any question but on september 4th or 5th or whatever the date turns out to be of of 2022 he will be on the block uh the year waiting time that it takes mm-hmm. uh to trade him again um so if they don't uh, match the offer, and, and what are the options? Well, fans are, are saying, well, take the picks, go see Buffalo and, and Jack Eichel. That's, that's, it's, it's settled. It's a done deal. Do you know how much more you'd have to give up? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> An awful lot. They want the equivalent of four assets, four first-round picks. Yeah, you know that Palin um, contract that just got signed? He's gone. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, they they want a lot, and whether they'll get that or not, I don't know. But uh, from from what's being said, Elliot Friedman says that the Canadians are not players in in the Eichel sweep stakes, and and uh, you know the, the conversation is well, he switched to Pat Brisson. Whether that changed the dynamics or not, I you know I it's it. it's hard to say. Uh, number two in Canadians um, uh, land or on social media is Elias Pettersson. Um, and uh, do the same thing. Uh, put in an, an offer sheet. He's he's an RFA. He's not signed. Vancouver said already they'll match anything uh, that's uh, any kind of offer sheet that's submitted. Um, so uh, the popular name uh, right now is Christian Dvorak uh, with Arizona. Uh, the Canadians had uh, apparently conversations with Arizona uh, about Christian Dvorak in July. Uh, but they couldn't make it work. Uh, Arizona, you've seen them take on um, uh, cap uh, mm-hmm. in order to uh, collect picks. That's something that they're they're looking for. So will a first and third that that you get from Carolina will that be enough to get this done? Should be. Um, you know, Christian Dvorak is he is their their second line center. 
Um, is he a second line center on a on a a team headed uh, you know that that's going to compete for the Stanley Cup? Well, I don't know know about that. He's he's um, he's a guy who plays well defensively, defensively sound. Uh, he's said to have a sneaky good shot, but offense is is not necessarily his thing. In junior was. Uh, playing for the London Knights, he had uh, Mitch Marner and and Matthew Kachuk uh, on his wings, so was able to 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 be offensive. But uh, he's a two, 2014 second round pick, um, and you know he, he's not necessarily a skilled guy. His skills don't uh, stand out, but he's he's a guy who's smart, uh, has good hockey sense, defensively sound, um, and. You know, uh, going to be one of those guys that that doesn't give you any kind of problems that can can play a, a third line role, a second line role um, in in the center slot, and uh, and should be should be fine for that. Um, not nowhere near the ceiling that uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi uh, would have, but maybe this is a way of uh, of getting out of this um, kind of. Uh, still, for for Mark Bergevin, who wanted and and Dominic Ducharme talked about wanting to build on last season, uh, and and wanting to use that the the core that they have, the aging core, the Carey Price and Brendan Gallagher, and uh, to 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 go back to the Stanley Cup final again. I don't know if if um, if Dvorak is that guy. Maybe the the Canadians are thinking they've got enough offense now on their wings. Um, so that would be a solution. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's just a consolation prize. It is an, a, an equivalent, uh, value to a Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Well, and uh, I like that you mentioned that because let's think about how quickly the Montreal Canadians stock at least in the public eye, has fallen since the Stanley Cup final. This is a team that placed 18th in the regular season, which in a normal year would not have qualified them for the playoffs. But because of conditions this year, they just squeaked into the playoff and playoffs. And then on the backs of on the back of Carey Price that went on a magical, insane playoff run all the way to the Stanley Cup final and came up just short. You would think that they would ride that high and that wave of momentum all the way into September and into this new season. And instead, Mark Bergevin has has had one PR failure after another all season long, um, exposing Carey Price to the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. Huge. That was a that was a nightmare of a decision. Um, it could have been disastrous, and they got lucky that it didn't uh, end up that way. Then PR disaster number two came uh, just a couple of weeks later when, um, you know, agree with the, the decision from a hockey standpoint or not, but from a PR standpoint, selected Logan Mayu at in, in the first round of the NHL entry draft. Then a week later, uh, trying to, to backpedal and, and, and do some damage control for that. Jeff Molson waits until, uh, they're in the midst of the first hour of free agency to, to put out, um, a statement that was kind of buried in the rest of the day's news as they announced five signings in free agency in the first hour, another PR fail, uh, in, in, in my opinion. Um, Hides from the media. Hides uh, from the oh, only. Hand, has, yep, hand, hand picked. That's right. Hand selected reporters uh, who were who were only from media partners of the Montreal Canadiens were invited to that, not the general press, uh, as as is usual. So he was guaranteed to get friendly questions. Um, you've lost Phil Deneau, and it is very likely that you're now going to lose Jesperi Kakinyemi. Coming on the heels of Shea Weber is out for the season, and you don't have Paul Byron for a little while. Um, I don't know how you go from almost winning the Stanley Cup to what is has essentially been a brand dumpster fire for the entire summer, but they've done it in record time. Um and no, Chris, Dvorak is not is not a replacement for Kakinyemi. You can't lose your top two centers over the course of a summer and think that you're going to compete 
this season. Um, and that's the other part of if they sit on just take keeping the picks, then you're not doing any, you've lost your two, top two centers for this season. You've done nothing to replace them and you're going to limp your way through this season. Most likely. Um, Sorry, I didn't mention that as as uh, as an option because it's not all that likely. But you're no. right; that is an option, uh, and and some have mentioned it that that uh, next year's draft is uh, you know is is a strong draft. It's being Montreal. held in Montreal to have two first round picks in that draft. Um, I, I guess it's attractive to to some people, but I don't know how. I don't I don't know how you go through the season. With your centers being, um, you, you know, Suzuki, Paling, uh, Jake Evans, and uh, and Cedric Paquette. The other thing is now. So if 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 you don't take that as the obvious option, and obviously why, Mark Bergevin trying to make trades right now. Every other GM in the league knows that Mark Bergevin is desperate this week. He. Kn- they all know he's between a rock and a hard place. He's been embarrassed publicly. Um, and that unless he's going to pony up the money for Jesperi Kakinyemi, he is desperate to make a trade. So it could be, um, you know, as you said, is it as easy to trade for Dvorak for the first and third that he would get from Carolina? It should be. Um, but are they going to say, mm, you need to sweeten the pot a little more than that. And is he going to end up having to overpay for Dvorak because everyone knows he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. In my opinion, I mean, Mark Bergevin, his, his tenure for, for, from my perspective should have been over a long time ago. This summer has been a disaster for him and the Canadians front office. Um, I don't see them close to being a, a, a playoff contender this year. And I just, this this is it's been just a mess. It's an absolute mess. And this is a win 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 situation for Carolina, no matter what happens. And no matter what happens, it's a lose 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 situation for Montreal. Yeah, I think he's in a, a very difficult position where he has to spend uh, the assets, maybe the assets he's getting back uh, to get a center. He said for years, it's impossible to, 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 this isn't PlayStation. It's impossible to trade for a, for a, a top six center. He has said that. Uh, they've failed a couple of times in trying to do that, to, to, to uh, trade for uh, Druan, who was going to be their, their center, to mm. trade for Max Domi, who was going to be a solution at center. Um, Mark Bergevin couldn't even trade for, uh, make a trade for Jake Allen, uh, to, to, with respect to the, um, to trade Jake Allen to another team so that, uh, uh, you know, they wouldn't lose him in the, the expansion draft, um, it went in a season when everybody was looking for a goaltender. Um, this is being said, this is. Uh, likely uh, Mark Bergevin's uh, last season as GM with Montreal. And, um, you know, is his heart in it? Is, is he really, um, is, is, does, does he have the, the, the kind of um, energy to be able to carry out a, a difficult move like this when so many of the other GMs are, are, are ready to toss you an anchor, ready to toss you a bad deal, ready to make you overpay. But you know, the answer to all of Mark Bergevin's problems, they're already on his roster. They're already on his roster, Rick. Didn't you know? I mean, Jonathan Duran has, seems to have the answers. 919 Sports reporting today that uh, Pierre Oud spoke with Jonathan Drouin this morning and said that he's ready to play center this season. Saying, quote, I asked him and he said he certainly did and he was very serious. So, hey, I mean, instead of Deneau, you know, instead of Kakinyemi, Suzuki, Evans, Paling, you could throw, you, you could have um, I don't know, Dvorak, Evans, Drouin, Paquette down the middle. 
I thought Jonathan Duran was uh, avoiding the, you know, the media. I thought he, he wasn't making himself available. Apparently only when it benefits him. So he, he and, and uh, he, there was nothing else that came out of that interview. No. So it was basically a one-way uh, one conversation. I'm ready to be the Canadian's top six center uh, uh-huh. again. Uh, and, that, and that was it. Listen, Jonathan Duran had a dreadful season last year. Scored two goals in 44 games. Dreadful. Uh, and then left the team in April uh, without explanation. Uh, he still needs to, 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 to tell people what happened and why he's, he's uh, uh, ready to take on this next season. Um, when Jonathan Duran left the team in April, he was playing fourth-line wing. And now he's going to somehow be ready to be the 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 second line center on this team. It's it's uh, ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Uh, particularly if if uh, his good buddy Dominic Ducharme is giving it one second of consideration. Um, it's silly. It's absolutely silly. Um, can Jonathan Duran play? Can he play every day? Can he play a full eighty-two game schedule? Uh, those kinds of questions have to be answered. Uh, can he contribute? Um, I, you know, never mind putting them in the pressure situation of being uh, on the top six and the top six center, a situation where that he failed miserably at uh, when he was when he was brought to Mon- uh, Montreal in the Svech- in the um, uh, Sergachev trade. Yeah, it's uh, I. When you first uh, dropped this into our team Slack thread this morning, I I almost fell out of my chair. I mean, my initial reaction is just okay. How about we? How about we don't, Jonathan? I mean, let's get serious. This is and as you say, if Ducharme or Bergevin or any of them are seriously considering trying to move him back to center as a solution to clean up this mess that Bergevin has created. It's a joke. I'm sorry, but it's a joke. And I know there are probably listeners of this show who like Jonathan Drouin. I'm sorry, I'm not one of them. Uh, Jonathan Drouin has not lived up to anything that the Canadians hyped him up to be. We knew that when the trade happened. Um, Sergachev has has far been the better player to come out of of that trade. And... Anyone, anyone could have seen at the time that that Sergachev was on a very positive upward tra- trajectory, and that Jonathan Duran was not. Uh, and 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 to even consider, to even the fact that he is in the headspace that someone asks him, "Would you be? Would you? Would you be ready or willing to play center this year?" For him to very seriously say, "Well, yeah, absolutely," means that someone is not keeping Jonathan Duran in reality. Um, I'm just, (laughs) I will, all I can do is laugh at this point. All I can do is laugh at this point because I I just, it's, you either laugh or you cry when it comes to this organization this year. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's all going to come to a head. Um, I think the next three weeks and I think training camp are going to be exceptionally fascinating to watch. I don't know. No, I agree completely. <laughs> um, we would love to hear what you all have to say about this. Um, leave us a comment at the AHL report or at the press zone on Twitter. Or if you're if you're listening in the in the article post on AHLreport.com, drop a comment in the comment section. We'd love to hear your take on this. Do you want to see Kakinami stay? Do you think Mark Bergevin should let him go? What about Joanne at center? How do you feel about that? Uh, we'd love to hear from you about it. It's going to be a wild ride from here to the start of the season, let me tell you. And we will keep you up to date and uh, <laughs> apprised all along the way. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to take a short trip around the AHL, just bring you some uh, news and updates uh, from there right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM 
its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Flyers Rule. You can find Rick at All Habs. And, uh, of course, don't forget to follow uh, the podcast itself at The Press Zone. Uh, and tell your friends. Make sure you're subscribed. We're going to get to all of that in a moment. But we also wanted to mention, in case you missed it, um, Last week's uh, episode of the Press Zone featured our uh, it featured a special guest, which is Patrick Williams, who you've heard many times uh, on this program with his wonderful insight and knowledge of from all aspects of the AHL. But last week was a special episode in that it was the first time that Patrick joined the show as part of the Rocket Sports Media team, um, and we're just so thrilled to have him on board. Um, we thought uh, the first episode that he was on last week as a, as a team member went over really well. Patrick's going to join the Press Zone podcast every other week, uh, and he's going to join Rick and I for a special AHL hot stove segment. And it's something very different that we're trying this year uh, where, you know, we, we hear from people all, all the time that they'd love to hear more in-depth, you know, just opinions and analysis on things that are happening around the AHL, topics that are trending in the AHL and and what it means and and what the pros and cons are and and kind of just, you know, sitting around kind of a round table and discussing these things. And so last week we kicked things off uh, by discussing the pending uh, changes that could potentially uh, looks like will come through uh, to the NHL CHL agreement in terms of allowing um, underage players who played in the AHL last year to come back and play again this year. So if you missed that episode, be sure you go back uh, to the presszone.fm and check out that episode. And then of course, uh, be on the lookout for Patrick's appearances on the press zone biweekly. Uh, we'll have a different topic, every, every topic, excuse me, every time he comes on. So he'll be on again next week. But in the interim on AHLReport.com, you may have missed our introductory article about Patrick Williams. It gives you a little bit of background on Patrick if you don't know much about his uh, his writing career, uh, his very storied writing career. He's had a quite a quite a lengthy career, um, both covering the AHL as well as having an NHL beat. Um for NHL.com. And so it gives you a bit of background about Patrick, uh, explains in, in more detail what he will be bringing to the pages of AHLReport.com, both on the press zone and in written form, uh, as well as some some quotes from him and and how he got interested in hockey as a kid. And it's just a it's a it's a great write-up on our newest team member, and we certainly hope you uh, read it and share it and welcome him to the team. Uh, Rick, the other uh, the one other thing that uh, did happen this week, uh, kind of beyond the AHL, we know that uh, the AHL season 
we'll we'll kind of be talking of that talks about that will start to ramp up even more in the next coming weeks as training camp for the NHL starts and cuts start being made and so forth. Um, but before that, we've had a schedule release. NCAA hockey will be back this year. Schedule release for Big Ten came out this week, uh, which of course pretty exciting. Um, you know, there's. We talked uh, during draft weekend how Michigan is absolutely going to be a powerhouse this year. And in fact, we had uh, uh, Russ Cohen on who's talking about, well, you know, they look like the powerhouse, but are they are are they going to walk away with the Frozen Four championship? Um, So lots of lots of things to look at for the schedule. And Rick, this year, uh, they're getting things back kind of to normal in terms of their schedule format. The schedule is, um, if you're not familiar with uh, the NCAA, it's it's a short schedule, a four-month schedule, uh, and in the Big Ten, a 24-game schedule, and that will take place uh, basically the end of October through the end of February. And uh, games are on the weekends. That leaves teams uh, all through the week uh, with a great amount of practice time, and that's one of the the hallmarks, the features of uh, the NCAA is their ability for lots of practice time uh, with the prospects, lots of time in the gym, uh, and uh, with games on the weekends. Absolutely. So they go back. Last year, things were a little uh, awry uh, because of COVID and whatnot. This year, they are, for the most part, going back to their Friday-Saturday night series Um And one game, of course, opening weekend to keep an eye on is that big powerhouse of Michigan uh, will take on uh, the reigning Big Ten champion University of Wisconsin Badgers, which was, of course, Cole Caulfield's uh, team. They will uh, be hosted by Michigan opening weekend, which... uh, should be a very good game to watch uh, opening weekend. So we'll keep you apprised as there's more information that comes out for NCAA hockey, as in ter- particularly in terms of Habs and Flyers prospects. Uh, but at least the schedule has been released if you want to mark your calendars uh, for some of the big games that are on that schedule. Uh, Rick, one other thing that we wanted to mention quickly before we go is just to pay a, a short tribute to uh, a, a writer who we actually never had a chance to meet in person, but had interacted with on social media many times uh, during the two years that the Montreal Canadiens AHL affiliate was located in St. John's, Newfoundland as the uh, St. John's Ice Caps. And that is um, one of the local papers there is the Telegram. And Robin Short was the sports editor there. Um, And so he covered the Ice Caps uh, as well as a, a, a number of other sports teams in St. John's, but uh, it sad news this week. Uh, he was battering, battling glioblastoma, which is a, a, a very usually fatal form of brain tumor uh, for the last two years, and he succumbed to that earlier this week. Uh, and we, of course, just wanted to pay our tributes and send our condolences to um, the the St. John's and Newfoundland uh, sports community and uh, sports media community. That's uh, it's certainly being uh, those the, the effects and feelings of of his passing will be felt all around uh, Newfoundland. For sure, um, Robin Short was a uh, as you said covered uh, St. John's Ice Caps in their various forms. Um, he was a Montreal Canadiens fan uh, who followed the team uh, closely. Um, he was, um, yeah, he was a good friend of, uh, our good friend, uh, uh Newfoundland Growlers broadcaster, Brian uh, Rogers. I reached out to Brian and, and he said, uh, Rick, just no end to it. Um, and of course he was speaking of, mm-hmm. of, uh, both of them having just lost, uh, uh, the, the good friend, uh, Shannon Cody, uh, the equipment manager, um, uh, for the St. John's and, and, uh, uh, Robin Short had written uh, quite a tribute to to Shannon Cody uh, mm-hmm. in March when he died, and uh, and then just a few short months later, uh, it's Robin uh, at uh, uh, leaving uh, way too early at just fifty six years of age. Absolutely. So our condolences and thoughts uh, to to everyone there, uh, the Telegrams family, Robin Short's family, and the the sports community there in St. John's. I'm sure that uh, Robin's work and his presence there will be greatly missed. 
With that, um, we are going to, I think, say goodbye for the week. It's, it's hard to believe it is the last day in August. That means the next time we all get together here, we'll already be a week into September and pretty much hockey season is back. So it's uh, it's amazing how quickly uh, this offseason went, particularly this year. But Rick, it's, uh, it, there's been no shortage of hockey news this summer. Uh, and it's been uh, just wonderful having everyone. Uh, we've had some, some great uh, listenership uh, numbers throughout the summer. It's obvious that everyone is hungry to hear hockey news all summer long. Uh, but particularly as we're ramping up and gearing up for a new season, what's the best way for people to stay on top of all of their favorite hockey news with us? Well, uh, for this podcast, uh, The Press Zone, we want you to subscribe and so that you're ready for the new season. So subscribe on all of your, any of your, uh, we're, we're on all of the regular podcast apps. If you're listening on our player, uh, there's a su- subscribe button there for you. Um, to, to read articles uh, on the AHL, on prospects, Go to ahl.report, ahlreport.com. Either of them work. Um, and uh, there we've got uh, writers. Uh, you mentioned Patrick Williams. There's yourself. There's Chris G. Uh, who are going to be covering the AHL and prospects uh, this upcoming season. So you want to go there and make sure you, you bookmark uh, that site uh, so that you can keep up with news. Absolutely. And be sure you're uh, subscribed, as we said, to this to this podcast. Uh, if you're a Habs fan, make sure you're also subscribed to our sister podcast, The Canadian's Connection, uh, which is hosted by Rick every Saturday. And uh, we're just so glad that you've been along for the ride. We've got plenty more coming for you this season. And uh, I have a feeling next week we'll be filled with some more news uh, from lots of different places around the hockey world. So we will be glad to welcome you back here again for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio next Tuesday. We'll see you then. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.